CougarFan.com Rise and Shout Podcast, episode 431. Get all of your BYU sports news at CougarFan.com. Matt, are you watching some baseball, playoff baseball? I am actually disappointed to report that I've watched very little playoff baseball. Mm, the listeners are not disappointed in you, at least not Sweeney. I, I'll be honest, like I'm not in love with remaining teams. Uh, I don't care. I watch the baseball postseason no matter. Even if the Yankees were still in it, I'd be watching it. But watching them lose was fun. Watching them lose was fun. Uh, but this crazy, they're, they're playing in the championship series seven games in seven days. Which is awesome. Which you don't even do in the regular season, typically. Right, right. Crazy. It's uh, it's a crazy year. I don't know if you knew this or not, Matt, but 2020 has been a little crazy. It's unprecedented times. Yeah, yeah. So it's also close to Halloween, and we always talk about Halloween on this show, and Eric or Eric on Twitter has has a question for us about Halloween to open. All right, what do we got? Because we're doing two openings, baseball and Halloween. We're doing two. Smart. Very smart. Um, and by the way, you can tweet at us at BYU underscore Rice Shout. Halloween costume ideas, he asks. And are your kids as obsessed with the Steam game and app game among us as my kids are? Uh, so that's two questions, actually, Eric. Um, so let's... Twofer. Let's go with the Halloween costume ideas. I just we always do a family theme. We're we're Star Wars this year. We've got two stormtroopers, a Mandalorian, a Yoda slash the child from the Mandalorian. I'm old man Han Solo. We've got a Princess Leia and we've got a uh a Wookiee. Good old Chewbacca. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and I you don't do big Halloweens like we do. I have yeah, I have no idea what we're doing, and I'm trying to figure out if there's gonna. I I don't know if our neighborhood is doing trick or treating or not. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's our gonna board's happen. gonna try and do a do a little something, but uh, th- you may not have heard, but these are unprecedented times. <laughs> I hadn't heard that. That's new. I hadn't heard that phrase. Um, I think we might do some type of like scavenger hunt in the backyard with just a bunch of candy. You know, that's smart. I don't know. We'll see. I don't know what we're gonna do. Um, you might. I like, I like that idea. I'm I'm ready to come up for it. Yeah, yeah. Come on up, buddy. But you got to dress up, and it can't be one of those lame costumes where you put a sign on your back saying "I'm a serial killer" and they look like everybody else or something like that. You can't do that. Not at our house. It's got to be a real costume. Forethought. Can you? I do can't that? come like as a, a a middle-aged middle manager. No, no, you can't. You can't do that. You have to be. But isn't that everybody's worst fear? To become a middle-aged middle manager? No. Most people <laughs> don't have fear of that at all. Um, all right. Well, then I guess it's not scary. I'll have to come up with another yeah, idea. you got to come up with something better. Come up okay. with something better. You can scare BYU fans my... by dressing up as a roadrunner. My favorite. Hey, yikes. My favorite costume I ever did, which I think we've talked about before, was I put on a Steven Strasberg jersey and put my arm in a sling. This was before he got hurt. And people said, what are you come, What are you dressed as? I said, this is my worst nightmare. This yes. is an injured Steven Strasberg. That's, yeah. I thought that was very clever. Yeah, yeah, except you jinxed him and destroyed his career. But 
sure, yeah. That's we want not to think how that that's works. Clever. That's not how reality that's totally how works. works. All right. Let's jump into the tweet bag, Matt. Tweet bag. First one comes out from Stephen Vraska. Vraska, is that how you say it? I'm not sure. There's um, not enough vowels for me yeah, to know for sure. There's not a lot of vowels, Steve. Um, he's never heard that before. NBA and NFL viewership is down. College football also appears down. Why? Much more other media content available. Too much pol- politicization. Politicization? Is that the right word? For some, competition watered down. No fans in the stands. LeBron is annoying to many. What is the main reason? Um, gosh, I don't think there's a main reason. I think this is a complex topic, man. It's unprecedented times. Oh, for the love. <laughs> no, Shut up. What I really... No, but really, though, I think part of it is is there were no sports for so long, and we all thought that when sports came back on, we would all just plop down in front of the TV and watch wall-to-wall sports. And we had that opportunity because you had the NBA, Major League Baseball, some football. I mean, you could – there were and hockey. I mean, hockey was was running like six games a day. There was an overlap period where you could watch every major sport, right, um, on any given day. And – I think people were just not prepared to consume that much of the sporting content. Um, and people have, people have all sorts of other hobbies and things that they've picked up over the last six to eight months. So uh, to quote you, these are unprecedented times. I, I would say there's a couple of things. Viewership for live stuff has been going down for years, right? With some fluctuations. But if you look at the long-term t- trends, it's headed south, right? For anything that's broadcast live, sports has been more immune to that than other shows. But quite frankly, you know that that's you know the that, but that's I don't know I don't know what I'm trying to say. The point is that's been happening, and that is just a societal trend: streaming, other things, whatever else. Um, the political stuff I don't think has any measurable effect on this. They they said that with I, the NFL. Remember with. Colin Kaepernick and all that. And then when they did surveys, most of the people telling you that weren't people that watched any NFL games anyway, right? Or watched very little. Um, And, you know, I go back even to 94 to the strike in baseball. And everyone's like, we'll never watch baseball again. And most of those people uh, who were big baseball fans were big baseball fans after the strike. Um, So, you know, the political stuff may have had something this summer because it was intense i guess um i here's the thing i'm gonna anger some people when i say this people need to just ease up with the lebron hate i find it to be quite frankly a little ridiculous like he's one of the best basketball players ever just enjoy watching him yeah he, he hops from team to team so he's not magic or bird by the way they didn't have that option that's right they lived in a they lived in a completely different time and uh, and if they had that option today there's nothing saying that they wouldn't do the exact same thing. Uh, correct. Correct. Uh, I mean, it's I, just how the mar- it's how the economy and the NBA works now. Yeah, it's you, just you're how a free works. agent every couple of years if you want to be, and you know. So he, I don't like how he left Cleveland the first time. Uh, you know, the whole whatever that was, um, the reveal or whatever it was called was stupid. Oh yeah, I'm taking my talents to yeah, South I'm Beach. taking my talents yeah, to South the, Beach. But that, yeah, that was weird. That was that weird. Was, that but was that, dumb. Um, but he's an amazing player. I don't think he's the greatest player ever, but I think he's top five, maybe top three. And so you should just enjoy it. Somebody who's part of that conversation whenever it's held. 
and we should just enjoy it. Now, I hate the Lakers, and I don't ever want them to win. So wasn't happy about that, um, you know. But you know, they I watched I watched the NBA playoffs. There was some really NBA good playoffs basketball. deliver. Yeah, the NBA playoffs always deliver. There was some great basketball. So if you tuned out for whatever reason, that's cool. But you missed out on great basketball, and that's fine. But people can make the choice to not watch stuff. But I think the biggest factor to get back to Steve's question, question, question is that there's just a lot going on right now, and people are stressed out. And so for a lot of people, watching sports is not the the is not the release it used to be because it's a reminder with empty stadiums and constant talk by announcers of. COVID-19 related issues is not the is not the escape that some people might want it to be. So I'm guessing some people are rather watch a Netflix show where there's no mention of any of that stuff. Just just to guess. I just think people are overloaded. Yeah. With the I think it, I think they're just overloaded with its stuff and with things to watch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, by the way, we didn't answer Eric's other question in the opening. I don't even know what Among Us is. Oh, oh, it's a thing. You need to look. It's a whole thing. Is it like a zombie game? Uh, I don't even, I'm not sure how to describe it. I had my kids explain it to me once just so that I could understand what they were doing. <laughs> but, um, so I'm not even sure I could describe it correctly, but it's, it's a thing. But it's a thing. That's of no use to me. I don't know what that means. Everybody's, everybody's playing it. It's, I don't know. Is it zombies or is it? I could grab somebody. Space theme setting in which players each take on one of two roles. And you're trying to figure out who the killer is. Yes. Yes. Okay. I have heard of this game. No, I just didn't. I've forgotten that was the name of it. Uh, my kids don't play it, so I don't have. So sorry. But your kids do, it sounds like. Your kids are like. Yeah. Theirs. Oh, they do. And then they had a big conversation about strategy on it the other day, and we're helping mm. each other out. Yeah, it's a whole thing. All right. All right, so gone are video games, and now let's talk about real-life games and the UTSA game. Um, Travis Larson, that's at Larson underscore Travis. Very very clever screen name there, buddy. Uh, What do you hope Satake and the other coaches learned last week against UTSA that will help the team against Houston? By the way, super cute. My four-year-old, when we were watching the game, kept saying, I thought he was saying UTSA. And I kept, I, and I'm like, UTSA? And he's like, no, no. And he's getting all mad at me. You know how like four-year-olds do when you're, they're not being understood. And finally, one of the commercials came on. Well, they were running USAA commercials nonstop in between. And so, oh, so he, he was, was talking, talking about, about yeah, he was talking about USAA. And then he's like, here it is, Daddy, USAA. I'm like, great, great uh, marketing works. All right. So what do you hope Satake and their other coaches learned from last week's game? Uh, bigger offensive lines are going to double-team everybody in a three-man rush? Yes. That's okay. a good one. I mean, cause that, 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 the UTSA offensive line was bigger just size-wise than offensive lines we faced in the past, and, and that's how they dealt with the three-man rush. They just double, they kept a tight end in, and they just double-teamed everybody. Yeah. Um, that's good to know. That's good to know. Uh, should That one should be known already because that happened to us last year. Um, I would say the one I hope the takeaway is people are going to come after Zach Wilson now. I mean, the game yes. plan for everybody is going to be to move him off his spot and put a ton of pressure on him. That's going to be the game plan because 
the Roadrunners had some success. Now, I'm not going to say a lot of success. I think people are overreacting to the way the offense performed. Um, but, you know, if you take that fumble away in the first quarter, it's probably a runaway game, right? Um, so people are overreacting on that. But the defense in the second half was pretty bad, right? Um, and I think we can all agree on that. So, well, let's dive deeper into a few things. Um, Darwin Lyons sent us an email. Of course, you want to email the show, you can do that at riseandshoutpod at gmail.com. He has a couple of questions for us. Do you think that targeting is consistently called a college football? It's consistently. Is he joking or is that a real question, do you think? I think he's just trying to find a way to introduce the subject. Oh, okay. Um, he saw two hits. One in the BYU-UTSA game and one in the Clemson-Miami game. I saw both those sits as well. Both yep. players led with the crown of the helmet, which I believe is the rule. It is. Yet one official allowed the hit and the other official ejected the player. In both cases, all four players were in danger of a head, neck, or spinal injury. What's your take? By the way, I believe that it is more consistent in the NFL. Um, this drives me bonkers. The rule drives me bonkers and the... The way it's called drives me bonkers. Now, but let's just for just one second, though, let's talk about the the hit in the BYU-UTSA game and the hit that was on the immediately preceding play. Yes, yes. By same a guy player, who had just been ejected same the player. week ago. Okay, it's the same guy, right, who had yep. just come Wisdom. into the game. It's the first half because he got ejected the week before. He came in, head down, helmet first into, into Romney and could have seriously injured him. And then on the very next play, he does it again, and they eject him. Now, this guy doesn't know how to tackle. Like, what, forget the targeting rule for just a second, and it's, and it's messed up application because it is, it's, it is inconsistent. But let's just push that aside for just a second. Both of those hits would have been flagged in the 90s, could have been flagged in the 90s as spearing. Yes. You, like, they've been teaching football players not to drop their head like that for decades 60 years at least this guy this guy's going to hurt himself you know you saw him get up real slow after the second one he's going to seriously injure himself if somebody doesn't teach him how to tackle appropriately now like the way that that i was taught when i was playing this is a long this is you know a couple of decades ago was a little bit different than what you than what you're allowed to do now okay but sure. you but you never dropped your face you never dropped your head no, I mean, we it's, both. A, it's, it's a good way to get hurt, but it's also a good way to miss a tackle. We both. We a good both, running back will stiff arm you, and you're done. We both played football growing up. What did the coaches did? Coaches teach you about tackling, like as a friggin' fourth grader. Keep your head up. Always keep your eyes on the guy you're tackling. Never lead with your the crown of your helmet. It was a safety issue, and as you said, it makes it really easy for someone to make a move, and you don't even know it happened. A stiff arm, you or they just move. Right, they just roll off you, spin yeah. move, spin you move. lose sight of the, you lose sight of the ball carrier. It's bad for a hundred different reasons. So that guy that got ejected out of the that UTSA guy that, that got ejected, I, I mean, it, it's just it, it, it's blatantly unsafe what that guy's doing, and I'm cons- and I'm honestly concerned for his welfare because yeah, yeah. I, I think he's going to hurt himself. Well, he's, I mean, it's two yeah. games, two games in a row, and he should have been ejected for the hit on Romney. Now. You and I have been on record as saying, I don't like the ejection rule. For example, the violent face mask that happened to Zach Wilson was way more dangerous 
Now, I don't think that guy was trying to do it, right? I don't think there was intent. I think his hand got in there and his momentum just kept going, right? Happens. Mm -hmm. That was way more dangerous than a lot of the um, targeting calls are. Some of them are highly dangerous, but some of them aren't that bad, right? Um, And I just think it's a weird and inconsistent rule overall. It doesn't... It's like somebody sat in a room and said, well, we got to do something about this. Well, let's do this. And it's like, okay. I mean, it's not consistent with the way the rest of the game is called. I I just don't understand where sometimes it's a bang-bang play. Like these, the two ones on Wisdom, that was easy. But some of the other ones where it's helmet-to-helmet, helmet, it's a bang-bang thing. The guy's not trying to do it. He's got good form, and it just so happened golf that— ball player, golf, Or if a ball player drops his shoulder and now his head is a yeah. foot lower than it was when yeah. you came in to make the hit, there's nothing you can do for that adjustment. Yeah, so, right? that's, so, why, that's why they have helmets on, is for yeah. moments like that. So, so throwing the guy out of the game when he does that, to me, is silly, right? Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. doesn't make anybody safer, because what's he supposed to do next time not tackle? Right? His coaches right. aren't going to love that. So, yes, I think they do a better job in the NFL, quite frankly, in general, with, with uh, refereeing. It's but more consistent. The big difference in the NFL, though, is it's one set the, of players have, and the players have adapted. Oh, yeah, yeah. Players have when adapted. This is your job, when this is your job and this is what you do, like the play, like this, the, if an NFL player is ejected from a game, right, or, sup, or or even uh, draws a fifteen yard penalty, like that's that's going to cost them more than a couple of plays on the field, yeah. right? Or maybe even they don't get to start next week. Like that's those things all have dollar values attached to them with the way the most of these contracts are written. Well, and the fines, so, right? They get fines not, too. Yeah, you're you're not you do not want to do that because it will cost you money. Now the college football players obviously don't don't have that, and they're just the the the, the level of play just isn't the same. Yeah. But that's why part of the reason I think it's I think it's easier to officiate in the NFL because the play is more consistent. Yeah. Well, I, and the it's one set of referees who all report up to one as opposed to each conference having their own referees, right? And so the emphasis is that a thing? Emphasize um, are different, right, across the different. And and if you're BYU, you never get consistency, right? Because you're you got a different set of refs. All from a different them. conference oh, almost every week. So now in the Crimson Miami game, right, per the applica- per the rule and the way the rule is written, that should have been targeting. I thought so. Right? Now I think the but but this is the whole problem with the rule and the way the rule is written is it's 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 a judgment call, much like pass interference becomes a judgment call in a lot of scenarios. Yep. And and so that's your that's how you get inconsistent application of the rule. Um, For sure. and which is another reason you shouldn't be ejecting people for it. All right. So Darwin's second question, and we have a question off of Facebook from Dave Broderick, and you can join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com slash Darwin says, what's your take on the closest of the game against UTSA, BYU letdown perhaps? And buying or selling, Dave Broderick says, UTSA was better than anticipated. He says he's selling. So, We'll break this down a little bit, Matt, but are you buying or selling to Dave's question? Then we'll get to Darwin's question on it was were the Roadrunners better than we thought they'd be? I'm buying that. I'm selling it. They're a terrible team. They're going to lose oh, a bunch of games the rest of the year. They, okay, but yeah, they're not, I'm not saying they're good. They're not any but, better than we thought they were, I don't think. 
the they've been playing the wrong quarterback. Well, maybe, maybe we'll see if he can, you know, if he can come and know. do that week I, to week. I, I right, no, no, he I, looks I, great. I, and I, I see what you're saying there. It's only a couple of quarters worth of tape, but I watched a full game of these guys earlier in the season, and they've that been playing the wrong quarterback. Terrible, yeah, the quarterback's terrible. He can't throw the ball, and he's not as he's not a great runner. He's like an okay runner. And what you're looking at in, in Narcisse, you're looking at a guy that was a highly touted recruit at a young age. I think they told this story on the broadcast. Six but, times, yeah. You know, you know, blew out his knees. I think he went with I think he went with Zach Wilson in California on some road trips. I can't remember. Yeah, uh, yeah, Stories blend together. But I but my point is this is a football smart guy who's had some good coaching in his journey. Like he's been to some places where he's been coached okay, well. Okay, but but forget it forget about Narcisse for a second. This is not a well coached team. They were a freaking mess, right? No, I, I agree. I, I'm, I agree with you. But I think, but I'm just saying they were better than we expected them to be. I, no, they were bad. I, I they were bad. I'm not but buying better, it. But they were better than we thought they were. I thought they were exactly the team I thought they were going to be. BYU just played down. They're going to have a bunch of big losses this year. I, I, I think we always, I, I, you know me, I will go if I believe that the team was better. I will go to that. I just didn't see any evidence. Maybe Narcisse, if he's really a top-level quarterback, then that will make them a ton better, right? And it certainly is an upgrade over the other guy. But I, they're they're not they they're probably not even a top one hundred team if everybody's playing. I, I just I don't think they're a good team. And I the whole thing about that, wow, they're well coached or whatever. Well, it's his first year, and he started in a pandemic, which is a terrible way to start, right? Uh, a coaching career, but they were undisciplined and yeah, completely undisciplined. A and, good, and a disciplined team beats us. Yeah. Yeah. Their, their assignments weren't sound. They're, you know, the, the, some of the scrap scrapping it up in between plays and some of these other things. Um, and some of the penalties that they drew. Uh, yeah. I I'm with you. They're not well coached. They're not a very disciplined team. Right. So should we be excited about the fact that the game was that close? No. Um, so yeah, I'm, so don't, I think that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm probably being too nuanced with my original, with my response to, are they better than we expected them to be? Yeah, yeah marginally, I guess yeah. slightly, I guess slightly. Uh, Chase Blyle has an email for us. He says, last week, y'all talked about not being pessimistic to simply enjoy the ride. All game Saturday, I was in a battle between being angry that we weren't winning by four plus touchdowns and being happy that we were presumably going to win the ball game. I had the same battle, Chase. Where does slurping the Kool-Aid stop and having expectations of the team start? Um, well, during game, you're not going to feel that way. I'm just talking. We were talking about between the games. During the game, if we're if it looks like we're going to lose to UTSA, we're all going to be a flipping mess, right? <laughs> yeah, and and I think that you know if you, I wouldn't necessarily use the term. I know I know Darwin used the term BYU letdown here. It's not quite that right but i i think that uh and we've said this several times to believe going into any season that your team is going to dominate everybody the way these guys dominated the first few games uh i i think you're i think is a reach you're gonna have a a couple of games here where you underplay uh you know where you maybe you get somebody's best shot maybe somebody surprises you you know one of these things is going to happen to you and and it may result in a loss yeah, uh, and 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 I think that's what we're looking at here with this team. I I think that you know and there's some other things we'll talk about as we work our way through here with a couple of these other questions. But 
you know, I, I think we were a little bit undisciplined and sloppy in some areas. Um, and, uh, you know, and I, I think that, uh, you get, I think you get in your own head as players, you know, not necessarily the, like with all the media hype, but I think you get into your own head about, yeah, we're killing people by multiple scores. And so we kind of know what we're doing here. We're on, we're on a roll and, and sometimes that role can become a rut. And I, that's kind of what I feel like happened here. Um, so do- now in terms of what happens during the game, like slurping the Kool-Aid, having expectations of the team, uh, I, I, I don't know during the game. Yeah. I'm frustrated by it, but you have to look at it and say, we're going to come out of here with a win. Let's just win this game and move on. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's so- all this is a win's a win and they all count. Was Zach Wilson going to complete 85% of his passes all year? No, but I want, I would have loved to see him do it against that defense because they weren't very good. Okay, but were, were they— 75%'s not bad. He completes—he had a great game. What is it? Yes. Like, you would like to see him be 85%? Dude, That those expectations are whacked. Like, even against UTSA. Like, he's going to have some, some off days and some off throws. Like— the expectation that we think he's going to complete 90% of his passes against these bad teams, freaking freaking Young didn't do that. Like, the oh, expectations are unrealistic. Not an off day. That's not an off day. No, that's a great day. 75%. That wasn't, day. And, I, and I, I, that wasn't the sloppiness that I'm worried about. No, I'm not worried about that either. But here's the other thing. 1996, your favorite team of all time, right? Yes, fact. Did they have any off days? They did. Okay, they lost to Washington. Okay, that was definitely an off day, but Washington was, I believe, if I remember right, a decent team that year. They were, yeah, they were. Um, they had a three-point win the next week against New Mexico. Now, you and would New know Mexico better. was not good. They were not good. You, you would know better than me because uh, I wasn't around. But after those two games, there was talk among fans at the time, that maybe Sarkeesian wasn't the guy. Yep. There was talk that we were choking away what should have been a promising season after the win against Texas A&M. And New Mexico was as bad of a team, probably close to what UTSA, maybe a little better, but not much. Maybe not any better, actually. Um, the, the, my point is your point about, you know, you're going undefeated is very, very hard. Playing at a high level every week, sustaining that, whether you're in the NFL, but it's harder in college because these guys have a lot of other things going on in life. It's a hard thing to do. Yes, could it be that they drank their own Kool-Aid or were reading the press clippings and got a little confident? Sure, absolutely. That could happen to somebody. I don't know if that's what happened, right? Because I'm not inside their heads, but sure, that could happen. That's a natural thing. But you're going to have off weeks. Even even the best teams in BYU history, the best teams in college football, have bad games. And the difference is, can you win those games? To me, this is not Toledo, and this is not UMass, right? Because you didn't lose, right? I mean, that's the difference, and it's a fine line. And for everyone to go back to PTSD about these last few seasons, we didn't lose, guys. So, you know... Keep, keep. So stop. There's no reason to feel like we did. Yeah, we didn't lose. We won. All right. So now Chase goes from pessimism to super high optimism. He says, where does Zach Wilson finish in Heisman voting? Top 10? Top 5? Top 3? Not applicable. Um, okay. Percent chance he goes in the top 3 of, for the Heisman. I feel like that's low. 
It's like um, 1%, yeah. 2%, maybe it's a little higher. Five. I mean, he's in the discussion now, but it's less than five. Top five, a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Top 10, I'll give him, because he's in the conversation today, I'll give him like a 40% chance. Oh, I was going to say 50, 60. Uh, I think that's still too high. Here's the thing. We haven't seen any of the, you know, you got the Big Ten and some of these other. I mean, he's benefiting from the fact that the Pac-12 and the Big Ten are playing yet. Which and is going to give him, him momentum, just like it helped momentum. us in the rankings at the beginning of the season. But if Rondale Moore has uh, back-to-back 200-yard all-purpose games for Purdue, guess who's bumping Zach Wilson out? Yeah, but is that is that a thing? Who, Rondale Moore? Yeah. Yeah, he's coming back. He opted back in. Yeah, what are you talking about? That was weeks ago, dude. That's exciting. Yeah. That's exciting. I don't I'm just know saying that, there's really good players in both of those thing. conferences. He opted back in. Yeah. What? I'm glad to have broken that news. How did you. I not see this? This is super exciting. It's All right. Super exciting. This is BYU football podcast. I'm not going to get into it. Makes, I'm very excited makes about Purdue that. Purdue worth watching this year. Otherwise, I was going to be like, I don't want to oh, watch those things. All right. Very excited about that. Next question. Penalties from Chase still. Penalties seem to kill our offensive momentum, keeping us from scoring at our maximum potential. Anything else stick out to you all that could have been dominating the way we should have? Um, I would say defense. Oh. There's, I got a big one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And it, start, and it starts with the letter F. Fumbles. Uh-oh. Fumbles. Putting the ball on the turf. Even yeah. if we recover it. You cannot put the ball on the turf like that. On the exchange, in the backfield, uh, yeah. you know, swinging it around like a loaf of bread inside the tent. <laughs> you cannot put the football on the ground, especially early against a team like because you're getting this. You're getting these, and this is going to be true every week. If we keep playing like this, you're getting ev- all of these teams are giving you their best shot. Yeah, yeah. And you cannot put the ball on the turf. Well, I was like, going to say. Just, I was going to say a related thing, which is negative plays. We didn't have negative plays in the first few games, and we had several in important negative plays, the fumbles, right? And like you said, even if you recover them, it's lost yardage. It's wasted down, right? It's wasted it down. That's right. And, you know, and Zach Wilson was lucked his way out of an interception because he threw it at a guy who had a cast on. They had, like, multiple guys with casts. That guy, if he's not wearing, like, I don't even know how to describe that cast on its hand, right? I mean, he's got know. a baseball bat coming out of his shirt sleeve. <laughs> I don't know how he's expected to catch anything with that. But uh, that's, an, that's an interception if that guy has his hand free. Yeah, 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 most likely. Bad, and it's one of the only bad decisions Zach Wilson has made all year. And by the way, all quarterbacks make bad decisions. I mean, Tom Brady yeah. didn't even know what down it was the other day, right? <laughs> yeah. So... But yeah, see, here's the thing, right? I mean, quarterbacks, and this is the reason their bad decisions stick out. Quarterbacks make decisions on so many plays. Every, they're making almost every play. decision. Yeah, they're going to make, they're going to get some of those wrong. They're not. They're not all of their choices are going to be winners. Yeah, and, and it happens with everybody, right? Because linemen make decisions on both yeah. sides of the ball almost every play, right? Like what move to use if you're a defensive lineman. And it depends on, you know, the leverage that the offensive lineman has. And if you pick the right move, you can beat him. And if you pick the wrong move, you're useless. You're going right? You're going right. nowhere. Right. Now, yeah. typically, though, those those giant mistakes aren't as visible as when somebody throws a ball into double coverage no. or doesn't see a linebacker underneath, even if he's got a cast on his hand yeah. and floats the ball right at him. Um, 
Yeah, yeah and the great because, decisions they make, offensive linemen, are rarely visible, right? Because right. It, it means the defense didn't do anything, and then the quarterback gets all the glory. Uh, last, but I think that's one more thing that I think to point out in terms of something that kept us from scoring at our maximum potential is – uh, we weren't playing with all. We weren't playing with a full deck on the offensive line either. No, that made and a I think huge that, that difference. Was, I mean, you don't you don't lose a guy like Empey, right? I mean, you got to think about this for a minute. I mean, Empey is. I mean, that's like, you know, it's it's, it's like losing your. It's, it'd be like if Zach Wilson went out. Except that I don't know that that's a great comparison because Baylor Romney. You know, maybe the drop off isn't the same, but it it that's a big loss, and I don't huge. know that it's. And I'm not sure we fully appreciate that, especially over time with a couple of these guys out. Like, that's well, a big loss. And Wilson bailed Tokuafo out on a couple of bad snaps. I don't know if you noticed that. But there were three or four snaps that were to his left or right, and Wilson has very good hands. There are other quarterbacks where those are fumbles. Yep. Um, and Wilson did a good job on a couple of – and they weren't, like, terrible snaps. They weren't over his head or anything. But they I weren't – to get all old. You know, but the point is that Empey is very well, good, and Toku so you miss him. He's out. He's the third string, right? Like the guy's a tight end, playing center, right? So I, I'm not. He's done a tremendous job in Empey's absence, but it's a massive, um, the, uh, massive drop. Uh, next, last question from Chase: What is the most likely move for Coach Grimes next year? G5 head coach, P5 offensive coordinator, or staying at BYU? We've talked about this before. We both think it's staying at BYU because of how weird this offseason is going to be. Yep. Now, let me ask you this, though. Let's just say. You don't get let's to just ask say the question. Numbers, the numbers are so good. Zach Wilson is in New York for the highest presentation. I mean, he doesn't win, but let's just say he gets an, an invite. Okay. And goes to the NFL. Okay. He takes off for the NFL. Okay. The numbers are that good. Okay. Does it change your view on what opportunities might be available for Grimes? Um, yes, but I still think the most probable is him staying at BYU. Right? Um, so uh, if a P5 comes calling and asks for an offensive coordinator, if I'm Grimes, it depends on the P5, right? Do you really? Is it really a move up to go back to the SEC and be Vanderbilt's offensive coordinator? Do you want to be stuck there? Or are you going to get to show yourself off, or are you better off staying at BYU another year, doing it with a different quarterback, and getting a shot at a head coaching job at G5 or a big-time P5 offensive coordinator, right? Um, you know, it, it, the thing working against him is two years of mediocre offenses before this, right? Right. That's what works against him. So you had a experienced quarterback, experienced offensive line, everything kind of lined up for you this year with the schedule – could you do it for real? Now, somebody, again, all it takes is one P5 program to get desperate. Their guy takes a head coaching job, the offensive coordinator, and they don't, they can't find anybody and they, they, you know, get Grimes, right? All it takes is one. But I still think the most likely thing is he stays at BYU, even in that scenario. Yeah, yeah I think you're probably right. All right, Steve Vraska makes a return after his earlier question. But again, he's got multiple questions. Given the early success in ranking, would a one-loss season be a disappointment? No. Matt? No. no. Especially now that we're playing so many games. You know, I, 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 I've already a, said. If you look at the numbers, that's a special season. Look at our historical numbers. Look at the last 10, 15 years. Yeah. A one-loss season would be a historical season. Don't let early season stuff change the way you see the rest of the year. Remember where we started. 
all of us would have been stoked if somebody had said you're going to lose one game this year. Even with this, and even if you knew the schedule, you'd be stoked. But I've said this before. We're going to lose one of these games to Houston, Boise State, or San Diego State. I, I just think we will because they're three good teams. And even if you're on paper better you and you have three of those games, you typically lose one. Right? I mean, Alabama doesn't go undefeated every year, even if they're the best team. Clemson doesn't go undefeated every year, though it feels like it. Um, and maybe the they should because, I mean, come on, it's the ACC. So, but... uh, yeah, so I would say I would say no. Uh, over under on half game more being added to the ter- current 10-game t- schedule. I'm totally reversing myself from every prediction I've made so far this season and saying I'm taking the over. Oh, we're I'm taking the one. under. You don't think we're going to add one? Well, I think you and I just flipped flipped positions. Yeah, we on flipped this. the script, buddy. You don't think we're going to add another one? Oh, we're totally adding another one. No. Why not? When? Where? Who? Uh, there's lots of options, and we have tons of open weeks. I think the appetite for those for those ads is waning. Nobody needs to replace a conference game with us. And most of the other teams that we're trying to fill out schedules, we've probably already talked to. I just feel like the opportunities aren't as plentiful as we think they are. Now, if we start seeing a huge rash of games getting canceled and postponed because of COVID, and if that continues over time and somebody just really needs a game, that's what okay, I'm, then, then that is what is going to happen. These are college kids. There's going to be more of these. Somebody's going to lose a game, and they're going to need a game, and they aren't going to be able to reschedule it because they don't have the same off week. And somebody's going to need another game and decide, you know, to, to roll the dice with BYU. So I think we get another game. You don't believe in Tom Homo. You think he's the worst. I'm no, sorry, I don't. Buddy. I think if this opportunity presents itself, <laughs> I think he's perfectly capable of doing it. I just think the opportunities are going to be sparse. Yeah, yeah, that's true. All right. Uh, last question before we go to why mountain, we climb the mountain, Matt, uh, is from Nicoletto on Twitter. He says, what is your favorite to least current, favorite to least favorite, sorry, Current uniform color combination. Should BYU stick with the gray face mask forever after this week? He says yes. What are the chances Nike BYU change permanently to Royal with Navy as an alternate instead of the inverse? Isn't that what's already happened? I think that's, I feel like that's what's happening in front of our I feel like they just didn't announce it because now we're on game, well, this is game five. And we've done Royal, it'll be Royal for the fourth time. I feel like that's already happened. Um, but would you stick with those sweet gray face masks that they showed off? These are the uh, Gifford Nielsen honorary uniforms. I go back and forth on the gray face mask as I've looked at it today. Um, I'm undecided. So my favorite my- uni is the Royal... Um, Royal tops, white bottoms. That's my favorite. My favorite is the all white Royals. Mm, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, they haven't done it, the all black, so that doesn't count, right? They haven't done that in how many years? 2016. Yeah, so. I feel like that counts as current. I think what doesn't count as current is like that navy with the tan stripes. Yeah, I think you have to. I, current, I feel like, is anything since two thousand five. So they get ever going to do the throwbacks? Do throwbacks with the bib? 
Is there any point at which that becomes cool to do a throwback no. with the bib? It wasn't cool then, and it will never be cool. But I'll, I'll let me let me let me play devil's advocate for a second, though I really hope they don't do it. But I kind of do actually. Um, the cream sickle uniforms for the Bucks back in the eighties. Everybody hated those, and now when they wear them, people go nuts. The hiking the man football Patriots uniforms were mocked throughout the NFL as a young Patriots terrible, fan. Terrible logo. And terrible then, logo. And then when they bring Looks them like back, everybody loves them. I'm just saying something changes when you bring those things back after a certain period of time. Uh, so I'm just telling you, I think someday there's the bib or at least the tan stripes. Oh, Maybe so not the gross. bib. The bib is gross. Uh, the bib is so gross. So the tan stripe. Uh, it's the disgusting. T- tan stripes wasn't the worst. I don't like it. I, I, I didn't didn't like it. But at least it didn't. Art. it made us look less like Utah State. Um, by the way, I was watching the, the Titans bills, which Josh Allen turned back into Josh Allen after having, uh, you know, an early four, no start where he looked not like Josh Allen. Um, I love the Titans all Navy with the, you know, the baby blue accents. Oh, that's a fine looking uniform. We could do something like that. I think that'd be cool. Um, I something like think that about, could be cool about with the navy blue with the royal accents. You yeah. have to lighten them up just a touch, but yeah, yeah, do something. But those are sweet unis uh, for the Titans. I really, I really like those. And you know, they have them in the Bills, and I like the Bills unis. This uh, did they start with the stripes on the sleeve last year too? It's been a year or two, maybe. But it was like I'm looking at it and going after watching the Seahawks with those stupid lime green garbage. I was like, yeah, I don't like. Oh, that looks. This is a sweet looking game, right? From a uniform perspective, sweet looking game. All right, so I'd let's like to see BYU go with a helmet that's something other than white. I'd even take a navy helmet. Yeah, yeah. I'd, yeah. I, I think that'd be cool. You know, royal if you look helmets. At, I like royal helmets. Yeah. Ro- what I really want is the white helmet with the oversized Sailor Coog logo on the one side. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. But I mean, it's basically what Boise State's doing, right? But uh, yeah, but a lot I'd of teams are doing that. that. I mean, they're not the Boise's not the only one. But yeah, I like that. But All you right. know, if you if you want that gray face mask and you're into helmets, um, I saw this guy on Twitter today that I just want to point out. People should go take a look at this. His uh, Twitter handle is at wjhallmark6, and he has made every he's got every helmet. In BYU history, shut the front going door. Going back to leather, leather helmets, and he's most of these he's made himself. Stop and the presses. It's it's amazing. So it's at WJ Hallmark, just like the channel six. And I love how you said the channel. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> he didn't so, say the store. He no. said the channel. The channel, sure. <laughs> Um, I, th- I think you know why that's on my mind, but anyway, so the, uh, but if you look at what this guy's done, I mean, it's amazing. And now there's, there's two versions of the Navy helmet, the early in the Bronco of the white with the Navy stripe helmet early in the Bronco era. And so in his photo, like he, he, I mean, he acknowledges that he has one. It's just not in there. But anyway, 
I mean, he recreated the 1996 helmet, which is which is impossible to find. You know, so he's made this on his own. You know, and and I have a I've been into this lately. You know, I've been trying to track down a Georgetown football helmet for a long time, and finally I found a guy who could just make one. And so I so that's how I got it. But this guy, like, he's put in some real work to this. I mean, Does he this make collection them? is amazing. Or he's just finding them. He's made most of these. He says. Wow, that is. I'm looking at the collection. It's amazing. It is. It's very impressive. Oh. All right. But oh. you can order the shells. I mean, I've been on the Rydell website and stuff. I mean, you can you can order the shells. You can custom, you know, you, they've got a custom palette of colors and stuff you can choose from. I mean, you can get, there's places you can get the pieces. And then you've got to get the, getting the decals, I feel like, is the hardest part. Getting yeah, that yeah. right. Um, yeah. You look at it, it's like the 1996 mini helmet. There's part of me that wants to email this guy and ask him if he'll make me one yeah for sure uh, there's anyway. not just a part of me all of me wants to do that he's he's done some very impressive work this guy it's pretty cool yeah that is that sorry is now i've impressive. distracted you with you this to... guy's pretty sweet collection well of then i was looking at the tweet and then duff tittle has a, his own collection of byu football helmets that includes the uh one with the stars and stripes on it Yep. That logo. Yep. Ah, so many good mini helmets. All right. Let's preview the Houston game now, Matt. Um, He's even got the white helmet with the red dot for the Hawaii game in 1989. This is insane. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. All right. First question comes from Jens Litton. That's at Jens Litton on Twitter. He says, will one of your you brothers be at Tedco Stadium? If both, which one is more likely to be painted in blue? Who will have a bigger game, running backs or receivers? Um, Matt, will you be painted blue? I won't be painted blue, and it's Tedeku Stadium. But um, whatever. I don't yeah, I, I I won't be painted blue, but okay. I will be in the stadium. You will be in the stadium. Um, I've never painted myself for a game. I, I one time did something on my cheek when I was a kid. But that's did about I ever it. Paint my face for a game, maybe like freshman year or something. Maybe I, I feel I like have. you did. I feel like you did. I feel like that's something I would do. That's definitely something 18-year-old Matt would have done, 100%. There's a lot of things 18-year-old Matt would have done that yes. he wouldn't do today. That is 100% but, um, true. Yes. So I, I don't know. I, probably. I probably did. I just don't remember. I But I bet I did. Um, you know, But you know who will be decked in, in cooler gear is Brother Don. That's right. Painted blue. No shirt. That's what I've heard. It might be. That's I wouldn't what put I've it heard. past him. I, now, I there's a guy who might remember. do. Um, I, yeah, I will say when they played down here last time, I showed up at his house to drive over to the stadium together, and he answered the door wearing a, a U of H sweatshirt. Just jerk. so he could see my face. He changed, jerk. but it was just so he could see my face. Jerk. I almost left him at his house and made him drive himself to the stadium. But You should have. You should have done that. Anyway. Okay, so um, let's talk about the Houston Cougars here in a second. But who has for BYU the bigger, uh, bigger game? The uh, the wide receivers or the running backs? I'm going to say running backs. I'm also saying running backs here. Uh, I'm going to say I'm going to say running backs. Um, so let's go and talk about this Houston game. Uh, Eric or Eric says BYU a five point favorite at Houston on Friday. Is that still the line? Uh, I was Let's actually see. going into that right now. Let's go to the line here. 
Nope, um, oh, nope, that's not the line. It's five and a half on BYU now. I think it opened. Did it open at three and a half or four? So all the money's coming on the Cougars. I think that's because betters are looking at the overreaction for a one bad game, right? And that's the thing, right? It's recency bias. Three dominant games, one bad game. Who's the real BYU? I, I think what the betters are saying, we think the real BYU is closer to those first three games than the game against UTSA. Do you believe that? Uh, I believe that that's true, and that's yep. and that is what the betters are saying with a movement of a spread on that like that. But do you believe it's but, true that BYU's it wasn't revealed who BYU is in the UTSA game? It was just a bad game. They're probably more like the first three games. Right. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. All right, that makes sense to me. Okay, so but the tough part about Houston right now is it's it's hard to tell what you're up against. Nah, I don't know what we're up against. One game against Tulane, um, you know, and then he has the over unders at sixty three. Let's see, yeah, it I'm is seeing sixty two and a half. Yeah, I'm seeing sixty two and a half. Do you like? Well, let's get back to his question. Let's first talk about Houston for a second. They were pretty good last year. I mean, two years ago, not good last year relatively speaking, you know, probably about the same as we were, but below average last year. Um, our brother Don, because he reads stuff about them, thinks they're going to be better. But everybody says that at the beginning of every year, right? Especially if you've had an off year, you're going to get back to where you're at. Holgerson obviously is a coach who's had some success throughout college football. So um, there's reason to believe that they could bounce back. Does that game against Tulane make you think, give you clear yeah they're, they're going to bounce back uh you still don't know or no that probably looks like the same team as last year i i feel like you still don't know uh there were a lot of things in that there are a lot of things that they've done that i feel like show some promise right i mean you look at if you just kind of if you look down at the stats uh one two three four five six seven eight nine ten different guys caught passes um, now two or three of those, you know, were you know little little dumps or whatever, but um, they spread the ball around really well. Looked like they had some decent speed. Uh, so I, you know, I feel like you just you just don't know. Can you say that they're absolutely better than they were last year? I'm not sure you can quite say that yet. Um, but you definitely can't say. I I don't know that you can say this is just going to be the same team you saw in 2019 either. Yeah. So so here's the thing. They had. Six sacks, 12 quarterback hurries. I mean, 12 tackles for loss and five quarterback hurries. Okay. A lot of negative plays for their defense. Um, if their team doesn't turn the ball over a bunch, this was a close game at one point, ended up not really being that close. But this should not have been a close game. Five turnovers lead to, because Tulane, outside of maybe the first quarter where they moved the ball a little bit, looked pretty inept offensively after that. Now, we do know who Tulane is. They're not any good, right? Mm -hmm. So the question to me is, what does, to your point, I don't know if this game tells us anything. It's Houston's first game back, and they played a not good team. Right, right. and the quarterback went, got up there against a bad defense and went 20-33 for 319 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. I, I just don't right? know so what that means. You, 
but he threw, you know, that's a bad defense. He threw for over 300 yards. So that's not, that's not bad. No, I mean, he looked good. I mean, I watched right. most of this game. Uh, he looked good. The thing that scares me the most watching that game is their defensive ends. They were creating pressure a lot of the times without blitzing. Now, I don't think the tackles on Tulane are n- nearly as good as ours. So I, it will be different for sure. But they are going to do, if they watch that San Antonio tape, which I assume they will because that's what they do, their football coaches and players, they're going to look at that and go, we, we got to get Zach Wilson off the spot. The other thing I think Zach Wilson has got to do is when he gets moved off the spot sometimes, he's got to go run for 10 or 12 yards. That'll slow him down a little bit. Uh, the other part is, and this has been my problem with Grimes for a long time, can we run a freaking screen when they start coming after Wilson? Can we run a screen? <laughs> Not a wide receiver <laughs> jump screen, like a legitimate screen when they keep coming after him. Like, it's a tried and true deal, man. Come on, Grimes. Like, um, but I think you'll see some designed runs for Wilson this time around. I think they didn't want to risk that against UTSA. Yeah, and I, I think you're going to have to do something a little bit different, right? To your point, they, I mean, this they had six sacks spread out among five guys. Um, and and they've got they some fast. A lot of, yeah, they've got some fast DNs and linebackers that can probably that that could that will cause us some problems. I would say. Yeah, making a lot and making a lot of plays at the line of scrimmage, right? So if you yeah. if you break down some of these stats, you know this 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 uh, defensive lineman Peyton Turner, seven seven tackles, five solo tackles from the line. Yeah. Right. And so when you and if you go down and you look, like you know now it get it takes a little while to get back down to you know somebody else who was maybe at the line of scrimmage making tackles, but that's where you want if you're making tackles there. And with your linebackers, like then your defense is in the right spot. Yeah. Um, and then you know, but then the secondary gets a little bit more in this game because then Tulane was in a place where they were trying to throw the ball, and so that is going to skew your view on that statistic a little bit. Yeah. But the, my point is still the same. I mean, that guy had two sacks. Um, and, I, mean, I just, I, I think that uh, I, I think that we're going to have to really the, the offensive line is really going to have to step up here. Yeah, and and we're supposed to have everybody back. MP's supposed to be back. Um, the thing that worries me on the running game, and I think we'll be able to run, and I think we'll be able to create lanes, I, I, is Algier look bang up to me, banged up to me. Did he look slow to you in the fourth quarter? Yeah, he did a little bit. So my concern is Algier, if he's... I, I, I was I was wrong. Algier has played better than Katoa this year. Not Not by a massive margin. They both have looked pretty good. Uh, I don't know what we do if if Algier is actually banged up and is not as effective, right? Or if he gets hurt. I mean, we talked about this, the depth there. Losing McChesney on, in and of itself, if everybody's healthy, he's going to, was going to get only running in junk time, right? But the losing McChesney was a big deal because you, you just got to figure one of the running backs misses some time because they always do right uh what's your what's your big concern uh for Houston on Friday night um I I think I'm a little bit worried about speed I think these guys are going to be a little bit faster than other teams that we've played yeah um and uh I think that uh as we've talked about kind of already is you know ability to for the the offensive line is going to have to really 
play well. Yeah, uh, you, know, you think about some of the stuff we're going to have to do. You're going to have a clean pocket. You have to be smart. So, because uh, I think something like running some screens is probably going to come into play here. Um, those, I feel like those are the things that we're going to need to be able to do to match up against what they appear to do well. Yeah, we're not going to run any screens. Come on, it's been three years. We don't do screens, um, except for those wide receiver screens, bubble screens, those kind of things. Yeah, but um, that's what's another thing. We're going to have to get separation on these guys. Yeah, I. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I'll tell you what, though. Mill, Powell, and Romney, going back to the, his question, uh, back to uh, uh, Jen's question, they are playing at a high level right now. I mean, I, I don't know if we've had a wide receiver group play at this level in a decade as a whole group, right? Um, they are creating separation. They are beating guys off the ball. Will they be able to do that against Houston? I'm going to say I think they will be able to. But it's going to be tighter windows for sure. All right. So the over under, the I'm sorry, the, the line is five and a half. What do you got on that line? Five and a half. Uh, I am taking the Cougars. I'm taking, ah, I see what you did there. Clever. Which ah. Cougars? <laughs> uh, BYU covers. All right. I'm going to say BYU does not cover. All right. And are you taking the over uh, over under at 62 and a half is what we said, right? Yeah. I'm taking the over. I'm going to take the over. All right. So, Matt, what's your final score prediction for the game on Friday night? Uh, I'm predicting a shootout, obviously. Um, lots of scoring, a little bit of a track meet. BYU wins 38 31. Uh, I say BYU wins 33 to 30. Another uh, one where we're not going to feel great throughout the game, but I think we win. I, we might need to. We might need to score late to win this game. We might. We might. Um, and I don't know how much of a factor having a few thousand fans in there will be when it's someplace like Houston. I bet you a bunch of them are BYU fans, right? I thought about that today. It's going to be interesting to see what that what that yeah, what to, that difference is. You'll be able to tell us. All right, um, Matt, we've got a little bit of time for a game. James Lowe on Facebook sent us a game. Are you ready for the game? Yes. All right, he says answering machine, answering machine slash time machine game. Wow. Hear me out, he says. It's currently November 9th, 2020. So we're jumping uh, a month ahead of, ahead of ourselves here. And UCLA has just announced 30 players tested positive for COVID-19 and they have to sit out their game November 13th against Utah. You're Tom Homo. Work your magic. Oh, and assume BYU has just beaten Boise and is sitting at 8-0. So, Matt, I'm not going to play James's game. I'm not going to play his game. I'm going to play it a different way. I'm just going to give you the choice. Would you take that game against Utah on November 13th if we're 8-0? What's Utah's record? Um... Say they've got a couple losses. I'd have to look at their schedule. Would that be? You... Do they want it? No, they're not going to do they it. Don't want the game? Not if they've got no, a no, couple no. losses. Yeah. So I I don't do it. I don't um, do it. There's nothing there for us. If they've got a couple of losses, we have, it, it doesn't. It's not helpful. Right to, for us to beat them because if they, if they have a few losses, I think that I think we probably beat them. Um, 
but the risk reward just isn't there for me. And if they're really good and they need another like another well, uh, another good oh, team on their schedule, it's only their I think second you game. Also say no. It's only Spite their them. second game. They would oh, need that's it. That's right. It's they they say yes. For I forgot that they start on the freaking seventh. Oh, that's right. They're like so they're one and zero. Feeling like spring ball right now. Yes. Yeah, say they beat Arizona in their week one. That's week two. Mm. Oh yeah, you take it. I take it. Utah I definitely take it takes it. They have you to have take the games. It, you beat them and you ruin their season. Yeah, but that <laughs> no, could go really both though, ways. Yeah, but you know what though? I honestly, I know I keep going back and forth, but I'm gonna go back to my original position here. If we're eight and zero and we've just be, beaten Boise State, you don't don't I don't I wouldn't do it. Yeah, on a short week where you've got limited time to prepare. Nah, I don't think don't we that. need it. I don't think Thrive we need on. it. But that's what I'm we'll talking about. Later. I think we're going to be offered a game like that from the Pac-12. I think somebody in those weeks that we have off, maybe it's the 13th, maybe it's the 21st, right, we have off, and then we have the 5th off as well. There's going to be the a team 28th. that... The 28th is the Sorry, we the have 28th, um, where somebody's going to have a game, and they have to get the Big Ten or the Pac-12 has to get another game in to qualify for bowls and all that. So, well, I guess bowls, they've just waived it, right? They can bring in whoever they want. But uh, they're going to have a team that has aspirations for the playoff. Playoff? So, Pat, well, playoff. Stop it. Yeah, so. Yeah, that's a good point. But the Big Ten might. It's not, not going to be Utah. It's, well, could be U- USC. These are unprecedented times. It could be uh, any of those teams. Could be Oregon. Would you Would you take a shot against Oregon in one of those weeks? I think if you're at that point in our season and some team that's like a top 10, top 15 team wants you to come play them. You go play them. You have to take a hard look at it. Yeah, right? you go I mean, play them. And I don't Heck care yeah. who it is, Utah or whoever, right? But yeah, I think if you've got a situation like that, yeah. Because I, I then think you have to take a pretty hard look. Then you have a chance at New Year's Six slash, um, you know, it, it all of this depends on how good Houston, Boise, and Pac-12 San Diego champion? Oh, yeah, that's what, what if I'm you saying. run the table, including a win against the eventual Pac-12 champion? I, well, I think for, if that's the case, if that's the scenario... You're in the New, York, I, I, New Year's Six. Who it is? Yeah, you got to play them. Did I just say the New York Six like two times probably. ago? I'm probably, probably sure I did. I'm the worst. Uh, yeah, the New Year's Six, you get in. Right now, I still think we're not likely to get in the New Year's Six unless uh, the teams on our schedule are better than we think they are today, right? And we go undefeated. Um, Because I think getting an at-large is a tough sale for the committee to put you in. But I guess if you're in the top 10, maybe it isn't. I don't know. All right, brother. Well, that's about all we got. Um, As always... Check out the Patreon page, patreon.com slash write and shout. We're going to give away at the halftime of the Boise State game. We're going to announce the winner of a gift card to BYU Bookstore or Royal Army. Um, you can uh, only are eligible if you're part of the Patreon group. So so go uh, go sign up and and uh, support the podcast. Uh, but thanks, everybody. We're, we're excited for Friday night's game. There won't be a halftime show because you'll be there. Yeah, I will be in the stadium, and I and I I'm a little disappointed you didn't give me any credit for switching because I've predicted this as a loss, 
every time we've talked about this game until right now. I know. That's that's true. That's true. I should have given you some crap for that. Um, I still think it's Boise State is the loss, but here we. But here it's going to be one of those three. It's going to be one of those three. It's either going to. It's either this weekend, Boise State, maybe San Diego State. Yeah. But yeah, somewhere the, in there, it's something. Something. It, yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. It's F- just so tough. It's just so tough, but go. We got this. Is uh, this will be a good week? So, well, everybody, thank you for downloading and listening, and we will catch you next time. Go Cougars! BYU Cougars. <laughs> <laughs>